As healthcare organizations look to expand into international markets, reimbursements for services involve the use of international DRGs. How these differ from MSDRGs and what they include is the topic of this episode of Modern Practice. Joining me for this discussion is Linda Weissman. Linda, welcome to the program. Thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here at Vizient. I'm a registered nurse by background, and currently I'm a senior director with the Vizient CDI team. My background in the clinical realm in nursing includes the emergency department, trauma, and critical care. And as far as clinical documentation is concerned, I have 14 years of experience, both as a working CDS and in consulting, where I have experience in both national and international clinical documentation. What are some of the differences between MSDRGs to DRGs and systems worldwide? Well, some countries, like here in the U.S., the DRG system is used for payment. And some of those countries include, of course, here in the United States, as well as the United Arab Emirates, Australia, England, Estonia, France and Germany, the Netherlands and Spain, and also Poland. Some of the DRG systems are used for budgetary allocation, which would include countries like Austria, Ireland, and Portugal. Then there's countries like Finland and Sweden that only use the DRG system for benchmarking and performance measurement. And finally, some countries just use this information from the International Classification of Diseases, both versions 10 and 11, for simply statistical data to monitor disease processes across the world. So we've mentioned that this is important to monitor as we start expanding into global markets, and particularly with our larger systems. So do other countries have a reporting and monitoring organizations, say, like the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid here in the States? Yes, Tom, there are government oversights for the DRG-based systems internationally. For example, in the United Arab Emirates in Dubai, they have the DHA or the Dubai Health Authority. And in 2017, it's interesting, the Dubai Health Authority began a three-year phase program just to adopt new health insurance payment systems. It was called ASHAD. The system's aim was to improve transparency and quality of healthcare services in Dubai, as well as to enhance the claims payment process for their policyholders. They use the same international refined diagnostic-related groups that are used in Abu Dhabi. And as referenced, Abu Dhabi, they have the HAD, or the Health Authority of Abu Dhabi, and the Department of Health. And they began using the international refined diagnostic-related groups in 2012. In England, they have the NHS, or National Health Service. And currently in England, all of those ordinary residents in England are automatically entitled to the NHS care, which is still largely free at the point of use, as well as non-residents with a European health insurance card. For other people, such as non-European visitors or undocumented immigrants, only treatment in an emergency department and for certain infectious diseases is currently free. And in Australia, they have the Australia Refined DRGs. They have what's called the IPA. HA, or the Independent Pricing Health Authority. And that pricing framework for Australia for the hospital services for pricing framework is updated annually. It outlines the principles, scope, and methodology adopted by the Independent Hospital Pricing Authority to determine the national efficient price and the national coefficient cost for the Australian public hospital services, and that's for that specific financial year. So here in our country, we use the MSDRG, are the major diagnostic categories. Is that the concept used in other countries internationally? Yes, correct. Here in the United States, we have the 25 major diagnostic categories, but each country that uses this DRG-based system has groupings in those diagnostic categories that may vary. 
The categories normally of neuro, cardiovascular, renal, and gastrointestinal are mostly the same, but there may be differences in, let's say, the infectious disease MDC. Not all of the countries have separate major diagnostic categories listed for HIV, and they may include that in their infectious disease category. Multiple significant trauma is another one that may be grouped into the injuries, poisoning, and toxic effects of drugs category. In England, they have 23 diagnostic category groups, and they don't refer to them as MDCs or major diagnostic categories. They refer to those as health-related groups or HRGs. Their last three that they have kind of listed in their list are critical care, high-cost drugs, and devices. Next, they have one that is empty that they must be going to be using for something in the future state. And then the final category is listed as those unbundled MDCs. In the UAE, they also have 23 diagnostic categories as well. And you mentioned in some countries, the MSDRGs or the DRGs, better said, are used for the purposes of quality. So what are some of the main quality focus areas within various international DRG systems? Well, honestly, their main focus seems to be on the same things that are primary areas of concerns in the United States, that being cost, length of stay, and mortality. In England, initially, the HRGs were used for benchmarking providing the basis for comparative performance assessment. What used to be called the National Case Mix Office constructed an interactive national database that hospitals could use to assess the average length of stay for those patients compared to the national average compared to a selective set of hospitals for each health-related group. Then the hospitals were encouraged to use health-related groups to assist with internal resource management. Those health-related groups were used to assess the budgetary impact of anticipated changes in the volume and case mix of patients within specialties or clinical directories, as well as then to monitor those actual versus expected expenditures. And finally, HRGs were used to inform the contracting process, so contracting with different organizations. In recent years, they have also seen the development of classification systems for patients treated in other hospital settings other than the inpatient side, and those are notably in outpatient and the A&E departments. So CMS uses the DRG-based system for reimbursement of Medicare and Medicaid, obviously here in the United States. Is this a similar concept with the international community? It is. Like we mentioned earlier, those countries that use this for reimbursement include the United Arab Emirates, Australia, England, Estonia, France, and Germany, Netherlands, Spain, and Portugal. And others are researching the process even further for consideration of using this type of methodology. The U.S. is currently still in the ICD-10 International Classification of Diseases, but there are some 35 countries that have currently transitioned to ICD-11. Current implemented uses of the ICD-11 include causes of death, primary care, some cancer registration, patient safety, dermatology, pain documentation, of course, reimbursement, and also that clinical documentation will fall into that, data directories for the World Health Organization guidelines, and digital documentation of COVID-19 vaccine status and test results. And that is a new category for ICD-11. ICD-11 available language currently include English, of course, French, Arabic, Chinese, and Spanish. And they're working on 20 additional languages currently for the World Health Organization to be included in ICD-11, and that would include Russian. The 11th revision contains around 17,000 unique codes and more than 120,000 codable terms and is now entirely digital at this point. That's fascinating. You know, it was very painful in our country to transition from ICD-9 to ICD-10. Any indication, or at least in your opinion, if and when we'll be ready to go to ICD-11 in our country? 
Well, I think that was kind of put a little bit on the back burner with COVID, Mm -hmm. but that will be more in the forefront in our near future. It will probably be less painful to transition to ICD-11 than it was for ICD-10 as the coding system has not changed that much in ICD-11. They have just added additional codes. Good to know. So in short, what do organizations most need to remember when it comes to using DRGs, specifically internationally? Simply, it's that they use the International Classification of Diseases for Medical Diagnoses. So based on whether they're using ICD-10 or ICD-11, those inpatient diagnostic codes will be universal. However, not all countries internationally use the same system for procedural coding, and one would have to learn that system for procedures that is in place in that country to comprehend the procedural aspect of the DRG assignment internationally. Is there any specific reason why physicians or providers as a whole need to understand this? If you're going to be going over there and doing some type of implementation where we're trying to affect the cost and initiate various procedural shifts, Mm -hmm. they would have to understand the procedural concept that's used in that country. Especially currently, some of the international clients want to compare themselves to the United States. And if their procedural coding is different than what's in the United States, it's not going to be comparing apples to apples. And they use CPT coding for their procedures. Right. So not only do they not compare to the U.S. procedural codes, they have to kind of downcode because there's not the specific procedural codes in CPT as there is in inpatient procedural codes. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank Linda for joining us. And if you'd like to contact her, we've put her email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email at modernpracticepodcast.com. We've posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.